Hello and welcome to episode number 29 of the Flytrap Podcast. My name is Christian. Make sure to hit that like button and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Feeling lonely? Well, on today's episode, we bring on professional cuddler Felicity Azura. She is a professional cuddler in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was a pleasure having Felicity on the podcast and introducing me to the world of professional cuddling. Before this episode, I had no idea that professional cuddling was even a thing. I met Felicity through Reddit, so big shout out to her for coming on the podcast. Make sure to go listen to her podcast, Pro Cuddle Hustle. We'll make sure to link all of her social media in the description down below. Anyways, that's it for me. I hope you all enjoy the episode. Hello, Felicity. Welcome to the Flytrap Podcast. My name is Christian. Uh, thank you for joining. Really excited to do this episode. Um, I was excited to get your message on Reddit. Um, I was a little thrown off when I saw professional cuddler. Um, I had no idea that that was a thing. So what is a professional cuddler and how did you get started doing that? A professional cuddler is, to put it simply, someone who makes a living through cuddling other people. And oh, I, I got started when I was 19 years old. That is oh, wow. extremely extremely young to start doing this <laughs> and um I I have been asked before what age do people normally start and in my region and I live in the San Francisco Bay Area I would say most people start after the age of 30. So the fact that I started before I was even 20 that that speaks volumes as to how much I needed the money and right uh, there's no maximum age. I don't think you can age out of this job. It's, it's not physically demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met people who are in their 60s who are still doing this. So what, what like the reason why you would be older being a cuddler rather than being young? Sorry, that was all glitchy. What was that? Oh, I said, uh, when like, why is it? that it's typically, you know, you're older when you're a professional cuddler rather than being young? Ooh, there's, that's such a good question. Uh, <laughs> I, I, hmm. I, I, so, I mean, I guess I could try to answer my own question. I guess like a little bit more like precautions being, a, you know, younger. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess. I guess the older you get, I guess maybe the lonelier you are and you probably want to have someone around the same age. Is that typically what the case is? It's this is this is such a good open-ended question. Uh we could really explore this. Like first of all, I think very 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 few people know it exists and mm-hmm. uh I used to work for an agency because yes, there are cuddle agencies out there. And I asked my manager, how do you advertise? And she was like, I mainly buy up ad space on Facebook and Google. And I'm like, okay, I don't think people my age and I'm 24, I don't (laughs) think people my age think I should give this business my money if they just saw their ad on Google or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a, I wouldn't say it's such a strange thing, but it, it, sort of kind of like a niche um form of business i i i didn't i didn't know that there was this was a business um i i mean i guess in you know 
larger cities, that's probably more of a common thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, how, a, you know, as far as like, as a professional cuddler, how does that happen? I am pretty sure every professional cuddler advertises mm-hmm. on the internet. I've heard very, very few stories about people finding clients just in person. I don't think anyone's putting paper flyers on like <laughs> grocery store bulletins. There's not that many cuddle websites that are international. Mm-hmm. And in my area, I would say there are very, very few local cuddle websites. And the San Francisco Bay Area is kind of a hotspot in the United States for professional cuddling. And so it's a shame there aren't that many international cuddle websites. There's cuddle companions. And so when you search up a cuddler, they're like, okay, do you want it in this continent? And if so, which country in this continent? And then you you narrow it down from there. But for some strange reason, cuddle companions doesn't have a page for Africa. They're just like, if you're in Africa, don't sign up. That just blows my mind. Why would you exclude an entire continent? And so, um, so are people actively seeking out professional cuddlers or is it kind of something that they stumble upon, I guess, exploring the internet? I would say a majority of people find out about it through the internet. But I have watched news um, segments and mm-hmm. I know that local very small magazines will interview a professional cuddler very rarely throughout their entire publication history. So while there is advertising in traditional media, a majority of it is on the internet. Um, so, I mean, what would you say the demographic of your clientele is? A hundred percent of my clientele is men. And there are some female cuddle clients. Mm-hmm. They just haven't booked me yet, uh, but I would love <laughs> to cuddle a woman. And it's like men aren't the only people who are touch deprived. Um, touch starvation is a very real thing. But oh my goodness, there are so many women in this world who are lonely and really want platonic physical touch. And I don't want to say less women than men are aware that cuddle therapy exists. Right. I think perhaps women who do know exist think that it would be weird to pay a provider, regardless of their gender, to cuddle them. I am bisexual. I would Mm. not feel comfortable paying a man to cuddle me. I would feel comfortable paying a woman to cuddle me. As for heterosexual women, maybe they're fine with paying a woman to cuddle them, but I can't really speak for the heterosexual women. So you said, you know, most of your clients or majority of your clients are, are men. Are, is it mean as like a king for them or is it, you know, men seeking out some sort of emotional therapy or some sort of physical therapy of just wanting to be cuddled? Because I, I, I'm telling you, I, I am not a cuddler, so I don't I don't understand it. Um, but what, what would you know, why do a lot of men, you know, seek out this service? That's so interesting how you ask me that question, because I'm currently reading this book titled when someone you love is kinky. And I am someone who is into many different forms of kink. And Mm -hmm. I have been asked before, can cuddling be a kink? And I'm like, bro, (laughs) kink is such a broad, such a broad word. It's like um, a form of intimacy that isn't mainstream. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, yeah, like some, some people have like, you know, foot kinks or they have a kink for, I guess, being 
verbally dominated you know there's so many I, I feel like that that term kink is such like a broad term that's used it is very broad and i've met dominatrices who have been asked by clients to just cuddle them mm -hmm. and you know i've met strippers who've had clients ask for vip you know champagne room but just want to cuddle so it's like i can't really say if cuddling Therapy is a kink, but it is, oh, I need to let someone in. Sorry, I ate most of it. Uh, but what I can say is that cuddling is very intimate. I mean, do you feel like, do you take any sort of safety precautions with clients? Do you do any pre-vetting before you go out and, you know, cuddle with these people? Good question. I was thinking about that question all throughout the hour that I was eating lunch today because <laughs> normally people don't send me a list of questions before the interview. And so I could really ruminate on safety precautions. Like I publicize, I don't publicize everything I do mm -hmm. to ensure safety because I think that would compromise my safety. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that my girlfriend and I were talking about was because I, I, you know, I know sex trafficking is a big thing. And especially nowadays, you know, especially with women, even even men, that's something that they experience. I would be extremely worried all the time, you know, when if, you know, if I was in your shoes, I would be extremely worried all the time. If whoever this client was, was a potential sex trafficker. And I, yeah, um, I believe most people are sex trafficked by someone they already know. Um, now, when it comes to safety, I have two hypothetical questions. And that is, what is your worst nightmare? And what are your priorities? For example, mm -hmm. I am someone who I try not to cuddle more than one client in a day. I would rather cuddle five clients in one week, but have one client per day than to have five clients in one day. And if I was someone who saw multiple clients in one day, then as I was saying, if I was someone who would see clients back to back to back. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest concerns would be a client going through my wallet and taking all the cash that I made that day. And so a safeguard for that would be putting your valuables in a safe. And I can't speak for other countries, but it's pretty common the, in the U.S. for hotel rooms to come with a safe. And it's just, has, that, has, that, has that ever happened to you where you've had items stolen from you? Well, it's never happened to me. But as a professional cuddler, you, you do have to ask yourself, what is the worst that could happen? Like for some people, it's being recorded, mm -hmm. either audio or video. And a safeguard for that would be, I, I believe there are devices where, um, I, I obviously I don't own one of these devices, but I'm pretty sure there are devices where if you turn it on, it can like fuck with all the nearby Wi-Fi Oh, so sort of like a you know like what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a jammer. Yeah, I can right. jam yeah. Wi-Fi. Um, but that doesn't do anything for like hidden video cameras that have a battery. Yeah, spe so especially yeah. something that use you know uses a battery to record or a video camera that doesn't need the Wi-Fi to record. Mm -hmm. And for some people, their worst nightmare is being seen in public with their cuddle client. So they'll like never go to the movie theaters or go um, just eat lunch with her client after a cuddle session. I personally, I've gone on many lunch dates with clients and they typically are copacetic. 
only once in my five years of professional cuddling have mm -hmm. I ever gone to a restaurant with a client and then my parents and siblings were in the same restaurant at the same time. But even when that happened, and, and was it, it was like bad. that that all right. So in that situation, did your, you know, your parents and siblings, did they see you or did you do your best to kind oh, of yeah. play it off? The thing is, I am very I'm so lucky. The person I was cuddling is someone close to my age. So it just looks like I was on a date. You're, with like yeah, a, you're, with, yeah, you're on age. a date or you were with a friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if it was one of my cuddle clients who's like 55 years old, I can't really tell my parents. I was just on a date with that guy. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. There, I'm sure there'd be a lot of questions asked at that, at that point. For some professional cuddlers, I'm sure that their worst nightmare would be somebody putting a tracking device on their car because um, I know that Apple has air tags and I think there's an Android version version of an air tag. I don't know what it's called, but there yeah. are tracking devices like that and they're very easy to get. And, and I so, don't they're know so small what to do if you find it. Yeah, those those Apple AirPods are so small. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're no larger than one of those like uh, like the circular batteries that they that there are. And um, I can see how easy it would be to just stick it on, even on someone's belongings, you know, slip it into someone's purse. And it might take you a while to notice that it's in your purse or slip it somewhere underneath your tires or you know, mm -hmm. uh, where you put gas. So to safeguard that, I believe if a professional cuddler drives to appointments, they should find a, a nearby place, like a like a public library, park there and then take an Uber Mm -hmm. or public transit or just you know just do something to make it so that you're not parking directly in front of your client's house or wherever you agreed to meet up now you just so earlier right now so you just said something that was really kind of threw me off a little bit so i thought you know professional cuddling was you just show up to someone's you know home and you just snuggle with them or whatever mm -hmm. but you said that you go on dates with these people I, so it's much more than just cuddling you you do you have to go on dates with people or does it just depend on you know your clientele well pretty much everyone i cuddle is totally fine with eating dinner with me at a restaurant and mm -hmm. i am one of the providers who's okay with overnights like i i rented this airbnb because one of my clients wanted to have an overnight and mm -hmm. it was great. And it's not every day I get to have an overnight with a client. And even when I do have overnights, I've had some people literally try to sexually assault me in my sleep. I'm, I've talked to my friends who also do overnights with their clients and they're like, yeah, I've also had a cuddle client try to penetrate me in my yeah. sleep. And it's, it's so hard to enforce your boundaries when all you've ever experienced are clients who try to violate you like when I was 19 mm -hmm. years old I had no idea what I was doing I don't think any 19 year old knows what they're doing and so I thought <laughs> I, like, I'm vetting, 25 and I feel like I still don't know what I'm doing exactly but 19 year old me I was like vetting no cuddle client would actually want to give me their real world information I was like deposits no cuddle client would ever want to see a provider if they have to pay a deposit and it really was not until I connected with other providers who have very strict boundaries that I start, it, I had to be inspired by other people in order to be more firm with my boundaries. When you say inspired, you mean other professional cuddlers or what do you, what do you mean by that? 
other professional cuddlers, but I'm also inspired by so many sex workers. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of sex workers would be successful as professional cuddlers. And if you've never worked a job like professional cuddling before, oh, there's a big storm coming. I mean, before I was a professional cuddler, I was working minimum wage jobs, like working at a cafeteria and Mm -hmm. at a retail store in the mall. Like there were worlds, worlds apart from my job today. And so they definitely did not prepare me for professional cuddling and school definitely did not prepare me <laughs> for the trials and tribulations of my job. So, I mean, like, you don't mind me asking, what prompted you to want to actually seek this out, being a professional cuddler? When I was 19 years old, I I was on Tinder, as 19-year-olds do, and I matched with someone mm-hmm. who is a professional cuddler. They were totally open about it. And I was like, why are you so open about this? <laughs> it's a, com- I, it's I mean, a conversation I'm- starter, I would say. I'm grateful that they were open about it because if I never spoke about it with them, then maybe I wouldn't be a professional cuddler. But um, this person, they literally use the same photos for their Tinder profile as they did on their cuddle website, which I do not encourage that because reverse image search is a thing. Like I've had cuddle clients take my photos on cuddle websites and then find, uh, find out my real world information. And that's scary. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some cuddle providers use a fake name. Some cuddle providers use their real name. I don't encourage using your real name. Especially, I mean, nowadays, there's a lot of crazy people and a lot of tools that people can use to do harm, Um, Mm -hmm. especially with AI now. Uh, Gamming is such an easier thing to do now. But do you feel like, you know, whenever you, you meet with a client, do you see it as, you know, you're forming a bond with them eventually? Or do you? develop bonds with them or is it between both parties is it viewed as oh you're just rendering a service to this person this person is paying for a service how do you view that with your you know your clientele i do believe i form a bond and the strongest bonds i have are with my repeat clients but there are some people whom I literally cuddled only once. And that was years ago. And I still think about them from time to time. Like, I hope that person is okay because we had, we really hit it off with our first appointment and then they never spoke to me again. Like, I hope they're okay. I genuinely hope that they're doing well. Now, do, 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 you know, on on these websites, do clients have an ability to select their, their preference of who comes to cuddle with them? Or is it, you, you know, you just see images and they just select whoever. Okay, every website is different. And for example, Cuddle Comfort, which is a very, very well-known website, both clients and providers can create their own profile. So um, like clients can message providers first, providers can message clients first. I think that structure is really good. Other websites like Cuddle Companions, only the providers create an account. So you just put up an ad and just hope that somebody somewhere sees it. It's like shouting into the void. It's, I, that's one of the reasons why I'm not on that website. And Mm -hmm. then there are other, then there are cuddle agencies, like the one I used to be employed at last year. Uh, The way it worked was they had their public directory and then they had their private directory. And so. Now, now is that like private directory? directory close off to specific clients um i don't know much about it like 
that stuff was very secretive even for okay. me. Uh, but I think the way it worked was, so you would go on the website for the cuddle agency and you would view all the profiles in the public directory. And I guess some of my colleagues, they weren't comfortable with their face. Like I'm assuming they don't want their family finding out that they're a professional cuddler. So they would make extra steps or if they were to find out it would it would be harder. And when I worked for that agency, all the huddle providers were in this group chat with the manager. And sometimes there would be a client who's like, hey, I know this is a very last minute request, but I would love to cuddle someone today. So like, I'll literally pay whomever at your agency who is available today. And mm -hmm. so I, I would often take the same day appointments because I would make more money with same day appointments. So I was like, yeah, Hell it's yeah. last minute. Yeah. Now do the agencies, do they help you, you know, market and advertise, you know, the service or, or is it something where you have to go out and get the work on your own? Do they assist you? Oh yeah. The agency I was employed at definitely did. Um, so I have never seen advertisements for this business <laughs> just through Facebook or Google, but if I recall correctly, I believe my manager would use photos of our faces in the ads because, you know, faces are more, um, I, more it's more, I, um, I guess, personable, I guess. Now, does being a professional cuddler make dating difficult? Like, I, I guess, you know, when you, you act like you want to get a boyfriend or girlfriend and you tell them. Oh, I'm a professional cuddler. That's my profession. Or, or, is it something of, you know, of, of, does it have a sort of shock value? I, I would say overall, it does complicate dating. And mm -hmm. I am so lucky. I have been with the same lover for over a year. And most people I meet in general, not just people I date, but most people in general, they tell me I am the first professional cuddler they've ever met. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I'm the first professional cuddler they've met who was open. Open about it, about right. Because I'm someone whom I will literally tell strangers whom I'm going to know for five minutes of my life, like at the coffee shop, that I'm a professional cuddler. And I've had people be like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Or, oh yeah, I'm a professional cuddler too. Like I've talked to cashiers wow. and then cashiers would be like, oh, it's sweet. I'm a pro cuddler too. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so you never really know. And sure, it might be obnoxious to tell every stranger you know, or every stranger you come across that you're a pro cuddler. I would rather be obnoxious and cultivate a community mm -hmm. than to not have a community. Because when I didn't have a community, I was doing very, very risky things. And it's a miracle that I'm still alive considering how much I neglected my safety when I was 19. Now you said, you know, you're building a community. I know you have your, you know, your podcast as well, the pro cuddle hustle, right? So how has that helped you build a community? And do you see sort of people that have listened to your podcast seeking you out to hire you as a professional cuddler? I am constantly saying on my podcast, if you would like to book me, please email me. But I don't think I've ever had anyone listen to the podcast first and then book me. I think I've had a couple of clients mm -hmm. who would 
book me and then be like, wait a second, Felicity has a podcast. I'm going to go listen to it. And so the podcast was not the main draw, but it did help them get a sense of who you are and who, yeah, your personality. Right. Now, how how often do you post on your podcast about, and what kind of topics do you cover on your podcast? During the first three years of my podcast, I would mainly answer frequently asked questions. And I will get back to that eventually. But uh, lately, (laughs) I've been researching the cuddle industry in various parts of the world. Because for example, Quora, I think that's how you pronounce it. But it's this website where a lot of people ask questions, and sometimes they get answers. Uh, I literally went to Quora today, searched professional cuddling. And the results did span back four years, but there was not much on Quora about professional cuddling. And if you search it up on Reddit, you're not going to find that much. Was it, was it like not enough people asking the question about it or not enough people answering those questions that people post on Quora? A little bit of both. I would assume that people who do answer those types of questions have absolutely no affiliation (laughs) with the cuddle industry. So it's a good thing that I created an account today, but it's, it's frustrating when I finally come across a blog or a forum or whatever that's tangentially related to my industry. The questions can be like, do professional cuddlers exist in this country? Do professional cuddlers exist here? Do they exist? And I'm like, oh my God, because don't think those kinds of questions explore very vast topics and ideas and subjects. They're not like the questions you're asking me right now, because mm. they're mainly yes or no. And it's, it's frustrating. And so I've decided, you know what, I see these kinds of questions all the time. I'm just going to create entire podcast episodes talking about every single professional cuddler I've managed to find in this region. So people stop asking, do they exist here? Do they exist there? And no shade to this person, but like on my Instagram, I recently talked about the cuddle industry in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And then someone commented saying, man, those people, they're just like free thinkers over here in the UK. People are so uptight. I I bet there's like no cuddle industry in the UK. And I'm like, sweetheart, the first (laughs) podcast episode I've made about my industry in a foreign country was the United Kingdom. Please listen to it. I was more respectful when I responded to her, but I was like, I've already answered this months ago. Like, please. (laughs) Now, so... So since you make these episodes of different countries, do you travel abroad and, you know, render your service as a professional cuddler in different countries? I sadly have never had my first uh, cuddle appointment in a foreign country. And since becoming a professional cuddler, I've traveled to, I've traveled to other states. I've traveled to Mm -hmm. Canada and I've traveled to U.S. territories, but alas, no one booked me. So, oh, so, okay. All right. So you just don't, you know, you're not just a professional cuddler in the Bay Area. You travel throughout the country and people can book you and you, you, I guess they'll fly you out, right? I've I've said so many times in my podcast, someone please fly me out to this location. <laughs> but no one has, sadly. Um, but I'm glad that it's popping in California. I would hate mm. to live in a province or a state or a territory or wherever and every time I have to go to work, I have to travel very far. Yeah, I mean, California, it seems like you know, I travel to California all the time. And I mean, there's just so many people there. So I'm sure there's just just in California alone, there's enough people to reach out where you don't have to travel outside of the state or even to another country. Now, if you're comfortable with sharing, have you had any 
dangerous encounters with any clients? I know you mentioned oh, earlier, fine. you know, there's been clients that have tried to sexually assault you, you know, when you've overnight, but has there been any situations where you're just like, oh, like, what the hell? Like that I, I need to report you or. It's so frustrating because cuddle websites do have moderators, but uh, they're nefariously shit at running mm -hmm. the website and protecting the professional cuddlers. Like, I think the moderators on cuddle websites are all volunteers. I've never been a, a site moderator, so don't, <laughs> don't it's like my word. Gospel, it's like but... the same thing. It seems like it's a, kind of like the same thing as being a Reddit monitor or a Discord oh, yeah. monitor, because I always wonder what what possessed people to want to be a moderator on you know certain subreddits or even on a Discord. Like it blows my mind. I am the moderator, or there are two moderators for the professional cuddling subreddit. But I am pretty much the only person who says anything. There's like a hundred people in that subreddit. It's it's very dead. And mm -hmm. I'm constantly asking people on my podcast, please join the subreddit because I don't want to talk to myself. But um, I think most people, when they first hear about cuddle therapy, they think, oh, the, the clients must be dangerous, but they don't really think, well, there's got to be some kind of authority to report the dangerous people to, right? Mm -hmm. And on paper, you can report them to the cuddle site moderators, but I think cuddle site moderators believe they're gods i don't like <laughs> subreddit you know moderators they think they're gods and oh yeah that's it's a thing they think their word is gospel yeah I, i've been i've been torn apart in subreddits by moderators and and even in, even by people in specific subreddits like one once one time so i i want to do an episode on interviewing someone who i guess practices practices nudism right okay. and I asked the question in one of the subreddits of, hey, I'm looking for someone to interview and understand, you know, nudism. And I meant it in, in a respectful way. Like, I, I just wanted to know about that lifestyle, right? And I just got so many hate messages and comments on my post about how I'm being disrespectful and judgy. Why would I even ask this question to try to interview someone? I'm not trying to judge you at all. I just want, I'm curious to learn about this topic because I've never been exposed to it and I've never, you know, encountered it. So I, I, you know, I want to interview someone, but even the moderators, some moderators in that subreddit, they messaged me and they apologized to me and i'm like i get it like it's okay but yeah i understand where some of these moderators in reddit can kind of develop a god complex or even people on reddit because you know they're it's social media yeah they exist on all the corners of social media i get those people on facebook and now i'm starting to get them on tiktok and um i used to have a tiktok account it got terminated boohoo but when <laughs> i still had it i actually got cuddle clients close to where I live they're like I found you on TikTok and now here we are like sitting on my couch together I'm like yes <laughs> and um so the TikTok account I have currently I have maybe a hundred followers it's not anything to write home about but even though I've yet to get any clients from there I have a lot of fun on TikTok and today I made a TikTok about how some podcast hosts they really have a stick up their ass like <laughs> they 
okay, first of all, no one is obligated to interview me. No one is obligated to want to know more about my job. But if you don't want anything to do with me, don't cyber bully me. And so mm. I was making a TikTok poking fun at the people who claim they don't care, but they've made it very, very clear to me that they do care to an extent. And then somebody commented on that TikTok. Uh, I don't really remember what they said. Uh, they probably said no one cares. Um, and then I responded with, don't forget to leave a review for Pro Cuddle Hustle Podcast on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. And then they responded to that saying that they're not going to listen or some bullshit. Like clearly I already had a script in my mind for every response they would give me. And then I said, don't forget to review Pro Cuddle Hustle Podcast on Spotify. And then the more hate comments they gave me, the more I'm on a lot of platforms. I could go all day, but eventually they gave up. And I was actually kind of sad when they gave up because I was like, wait a second, where are you going? No, <laughs> you I, were... so like, I, I found like the best way to deal with people on social media is kind of, even the people that leave negative comments is to keep trying to get them to comment, even if they're negative to, because it, it, I mean, it boosts your video in a way, like even if they come back and keep commenting. So even I, I'll entertain the negative comments just so I can keep getting them to come back and comment and make it look like there's more traction on the video, I guess. Good for the algorithm. Now, how does pricing work? Do you charge by the hour or do you have a sort of flat fee? I'm assuming that most like 99.99% of professional cuddlers charge by the hour. And I've heard of very, very few providers offering half hours. I've never heard of anyone offering shorter mm -hmm. appointments than half an hour, but I am the kind of person where if I were to offer half hours, I would charge as much as the full hour. I don't want to travel like 50 miles one way to cuddle them for just 30 minutes. You got to make it worth my time. Yeah, absolutely. I guess. So where has been the farthest you've traveled? Ooh, okay. This person ended up being absolutely horrible. And it sucks how this is the farthest I've ever traveled to see someone. And so professional cuddlers, if you're listening to this, not everyone is going to treat you nicely just because you traveled far for them. Mm -hmm. You need to charge for transportation if you're traveling far. So I live in San Francisco. I live in San Francisco and Sacramento is the capital of California, but it is far from San Francisco. It was- And then traffic, the drive from oh, yeah. San Francisco to Sacramento, there's so much traffic. Like if it you don't leave early enough or if you leave, yeah, if you leave at the wrong time, you, you can spend freaking three hours in traffic. But anyways. Yeah. And I didn't even go during the peak congested time, but it was a 90 minute drive one way. And I went during the summer. Sacramento is as hot as Satan's ballsack during the summer. And so not only was <laughs> I, you know, suffering in the heat, it was a super long drive, but then also when I finally met the person. He did not respect me at all. And at this point in my life, I was accepting deposits, but I literally only asked him for $20. And at the time, I think my hourly rate was either 100 or 120. It, it was something in the triple digits. Today, I have a 50% deposit policy. So half of 130 is 65. I asked this man who was a 90 minute drive one way away for only $20. And 
by the time I showed up, I was like, did I really, did I really do all this for, for $20? Yeah. I was selling my soul. <laughs> Don't ever sell your soul. And did he, did he pay the $20 or? Oh gosh. Uh, he, he did eventually give me the money, but uh, it's, I do not advise asking for money at the end of the appointment because I have cuddled people before and they're like, you know what? You weren't the kind of person that I was expecting. So I'm just not going to pay you at all. And I'm like, oh. but I just invested all these hours of my life. And they're like, well, I don't want to pay you. So that's why I say, get your money up front, like get the deposit. And then at the beginning of the appointment, like in the first five minutes, you get the rest of the money because you don't want to experience the bullshit that I've experienced. Now, so since these people are paying the deposit, like if they cancel, do they get their money back or you're like, I'll screw off? There are some people with a cancellation policy. Like if you cancel 24 hours in advance, it's this, 48 hours, it's this. I cannot, rem I have too much shit to remember. I cannot fucking remember <laughs> all of these different um, appointments. And then, okay, this person booked like a month in advance. This person booked this many months in advance and then they canceled on this day, like I, I can't do that. So I just have a, your deposit is your cancellation fee because mm -hmm. if you don't accept deposits and you try to ask people who cancel to send you money, even though you never like cuddle them, they're, they're not going to, they're probably not going to send you money ever. I would, yeah, I would imagine. So, I mean, people, people nowadays, I mean, they're, they're cheap and yeah, I, I wouldn't expect them to pay up. And, um, but I, I would, I, I would say there's a, there's a service called Calendarly that they can go and select their time slots and, and book through if you've ever heard of that or have used that. I have used Calendly, but it's a free trial only for the first week. And I'm like, damn, I'm already paying for so many different monthly subscriptions. I am not ready yet to invest in the paid version. Yeah, I, I've found myself paying for a bunch of like different AI services. And I've noticed that like it's starting to add up now. It'll be like 15 bucks here. 10 bucks here, oh, $4 here. And then before I know it, I'm spending freaking $50 a month on just all these different AI services. But no, I, I totally understand how, yeah, it's not worth paying the subscri subscription fee um, every month. So do you feel like you want to do this long-term wise past your thirties, your forties? Absolutely. Yeah. This is the least physically demanding job I've ever worked in my life. And I do enjoy blue collar jobs and I like blue collar jobs, but I also like my favorite workouts. But when I'm working a blue collar job, I'm not also like going to the gym five days a week because my job is my workout. And I love acrobatics so, so much. I don't want to give that up. Right. Even for a job that pays me really well. You no, know, I get that. I, you know, I find myself skipping the gym a lot more often because I'm so mentally exhausted from the work day. And I, I get where you don't want to sacrifice that, that love for something. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I guess you just got to keep pushing yourself to go. Now, what recommendations do you have for people who want to break into being a professional cuddler? I took this one three day boot camp and normally professional cuddler training costs an arm and a leg. I'm talking in the thousands, which I don't think I'm ever gonna invest thousands of dollars into a training <laughs> program. So this boot camp was only 45 bucks. I can afford that. And so it was with Snuggle School. Is that no 
Cuddle Career. Okay, it, it's it's run by Snuggle, which Sam Varnerin is a professional cuddler in the Massachusetts. In the Massachusetts area, she's been a professional cuddler for like seven years. She's a oh, veteran. Wow. And uh, the three-day boot camp, it, it was only three hours over mm-hmm. the span of three days. It was doable. And it was all on Zoom. So anyone who has access to Zoom could do it. And she taught me about... Um, marketing. She was like, we often think, okay, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? Um, how do I look? Like, is, is my name all right? Uh, but it really made me think about what it's like on the client's side. And I've never been a cuddle client before. I, I, I just make guesses on what mm-hmm. they think when they're picking a provider. But she was like, there are so many different types of people who see professional cuddlers and it's good to have a target audience. Like, do you want, um, do you want the divorced dads who don't yes. really hugged by women? Do you want the, like the 25 year old work from home tech bros? Like it's okay to have a t- target demographic mm. is basically what. Do you have a target demographic or are you pretty much open to everybody? I'm open to pretty much everybody, but Maybe I need to be more hardcore in my marketing because I want to experience cuddling a woman. And I I know it happens, but in my five years of professional cuddling, I've, I still haven't had a female um, cuddle client. Like it, I feel like I need to pinpoint the barriers mm-hmm. and then like dispel the misconceptions and all that before I could be like, okay, ladies, who's ready to pay me? <laughs> Now, finessing is, women is different from finessing men. So earlier when I asked about like, you know, if clients have a preference, do, so do they, do they make requests to have someone show up with, oh, I want them, you know, dressed up or I want them in pajamas or I just want them in, do you just show up however, or do you have to put makeup and um, uh, dress to the nines? I there? have only heard about outfit f- I've only heard about outfit requests from really creepy people. Like the, the people who do request outfits, they're always something like wear a push-up bra and wear a very, very tiny pair of shorts or a skirt. And so that's why I think a majority of professional cuddlers don't, they just do not accept outfit requests. And I I don't remember if I said this on Twitter or on Instagram, but I, I think on Twitter I said, I would love for, oh wait, I was talking about cuddle parties. We we didn't even get to that yet. Oh yeah, but, um, <laughs> Let, let's hear about that. What What's a cuddle okay. party? So um, a cuddle party facilitator is different from a professional cuddler, but a lot of them do both. I'm not a cuddle party facilitator. I go to cuddle parties, Okay. but I'm not a facilitator. And so it's basically a party where everybody cuddles you do have to pay to get in and there's a rigorous training to become a facilitator. And so I remember on Twitter, I was saying, I would love if huddle parties would change their, uh, I guess, dress code theme every month. Like one month we (laughs) cuddle wearing cosplay next month, we cuddle wearing our cultural garbs. And, and it's like, I wish cuddle clients who made outfit requests, they would request something like, I want you to wear a panda onesie and then I'll wear a giraffe onesie and then we could be like safari onesie pals together like <laughs> I don't clients I only own one onesie but I will like buy more yeah if, especially if, if they're like, chill with cuddle yeah. or 
uh, chill with outfit requests. Now these cuddle parties are, are, are they fairly large or is it kind of, I mean, five people or 20 people or large of these parties? The ones I've been to are pretty large, uh, like at least 20. Yeah. That, not including the facilitator. That's, that's crazy that, yeah, this is so crazy to me because I have never heard about this you know normally you you know you'll hear about those like i guess you'll hear about orgies or the sort of certain uh kinks or fetish parties that people have but I, it's crazy that people have and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way but it's crazy that people have a, a professional cuddling party um i would say it's not really for the providers and clients it's not like a providers and clients mixer it's just mm -hmm. It's just cuddle enthusiasts who want to meet other people. Like when I told my boyfriend I was going to my first cuddle party, he was like, are you going there to try to like freestyle for clients? And I'm like, I've thought about that, but I decided that's probably not ethical. So I'm not going to. What does that mean? Freestyle? Freestyle, like try to get clients out in the wild instead of online. Oh, instead, okay. Instead of online. Okay. Yeah. I thought about it, but I didn't act on it. Now, if you don't mind me asking, so you said that your, you know, your boyfriend is really supportive. Have you guys talked about, has he tried to convince you about moving on from being a professional cuddler? Or is he, is it kind of just one of those things like, oh, well, like I support you and you do your thing. It's the latter. Um, like he's so supportive. The first overnight appointment I had this year. So the cuddle client reserved the hotel room and not me. And so my boyfriend was like, I am going to book a room in the same hotel as you so you feel safer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he has that that comfort. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool that he, you know, he's supportive of, you know, you being a professional cuddler. So where can people find you to hire you as a professional cuddler? I am in the midst of building a website, not for my professional cuddling oh. services, but just for my podcast. And I mainly get bookings through email and my email address is felicityazara at gmail.com. And I do sometimes get inquiries do through text message because I am on this website called Cuddle Up. Mm -hmm. It's it's not that great. <laughs> it's it has its problems, but it is one of the very few cuddle websites out there that allows you to put your phone number in your profile. Most oh, wow. cuddle websites are so uptight. They're like, absolutely no sharing your phone number, not even through DMs. They're like, absolutely no sharing your social media. Absolutely, if you have a domain website, absolutely not. Like, they're so uptight, but Cuddle Up is like one of the very few, like the 5% that aren't uptight about sharing your phone number mm. with current clients. And so I put my phone number on my cuddle up profile. I'm sure, I'm sure you're curious. No, it is not my personal phone number. <laughs> I all professional cuddlers to use an auxiliary phone number. And I've never bought a flip phone to use as a work phone, but if you're willing to manage two physical cell phones at the same time, then go for it. But don't get like two iPhones. Get you know an iPhone yeah, as personal a, and a flip phone as a work yeah. Phone. Get a flip phone, flip phone that just message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like there's a lot of platforms 
that you can go to to hire a professional cuddler? It's something that a lot of people want, but they don't know where to start researching. Mm. And that's what I'm here for. I mean, I get so frustrated when people ask questions that I've been hearing for the past five years of my life. But <laughs> better that they get directed to the right place than to never get those needs met. Now, b before we finish, I know earlier when I asked you, why do you think that it's older clients that Ooh. are hiring professional cuddlers? I think, I think older people in general just don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> but I, I have had cuddle clients tell me that they've told someone else that they're a cuddle client and then they received a negative response. And like, well, there are some talk therapists, mm -hmm. those psychologists who partner with professional cuddlers and they'll be like, you know, I think I should recommend you to this person. I think they can fulfill your needs for platonic touch. And I am not partnered with any um, talk therapist, um, right. but in the European Union and well, the UK, because they had Brexit, um, over yeah. there, I believe cuddle therapy is included in some health insurances. Oh, wow. Which is why I was like, my mind was blown when that one when that person, person asked on Instagram that. was like, man, I wish the UK had professional cuddlers. And I'm like, honey, you are in one of the few places <laughs> of the world where it's included in health insurance. Yeah, just an example uh, of someone who, you know, there's people that are seeking out, but they don't know where to go, right? Yeah, they don't know where to start. But the thing is, it is very, very rude to contact a professional cuddler and be like, you research providers in my area for me. And I'm like, what? You got to pay me for that. Because it's like, and I've had people in regions where there's a ton of professional cuddlers there reach out to me, like the UK. And mm. they would ask me, can you find providers in my area for me? And I'm like, buddy. I have researched regions of the world where there, I could find only one provider in their entire country. You are lucky. I mean, I'm sorry you don't know where to start looking, but once you start looking, oh my God, you are going to be spoiled. <laughs> Your whole world will open up, right? I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Well, Felicity, it was a pleasure having you on. Do you have any closing remarks, any recommendations for people who want to either be a professional cuddler, want to hire a professional cuddler? or even just want to learn more about being a professional cuddler? Of course, listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle podcast. <laughs> my popular episodes are my earlier ones. And that's, I mean, I'm glad that there are people supporting me, but I really want people to listen to the newer stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the rebrand stuff. And it's good to learn about other cultures. Mm -hmm. You don't have to want to book a professional cuddler all the way in, you know, Asia to have a good time learning about the cuddle industry over there. I have so much fun researching the cuddle industry worldwide. And I don't have to want to work in like Jamaica to want to learn about the cuddle industry there. And right. when you expand your worldview, you just become a more well-rounded well person. And one of the benefits of my job is that I get to talk to so many different people every single month. And this job truly has made me a better person. And I would want the same for my cuddle clients. I will, I want them to also be exposed to so many different worldviews. Right. So why do you, why do you feel like it's made you a better person? Is it because it, it's, it's a fulfilling job or what you've learned from? I am an extrovert. 
So I feed off of other people's energy. I feel more energized when I'm with other people. Mm -hmm. So it's good for my soul. And I just, I I feel so blessed to be in a position because when I was working in retail, the only things I ever really talked to customers about were, no, we don't have that. Sorry. Uh, The bathroom is that way. (laughs) Like they were, it was so horrible working in my previous jobs and now I get to work a job that pays well and I get to decide when I work and I can reject clients and I wish more people knew that this Mm. job exists because it's accommodating like it's accommodating of disabilities because it's a very um not physically demanding job and you get to choose your own hours it's good money wise because you can choose your rates you Mm -hmm. don't have to work at a job for years and years before you work up the courage to just ask for a five percent raise which is like nothing when you factor in inflation and yeah there's no you know pension or severance Mm -hmm. pay but i've had clients or not even like prospective clients people who text me have never met me in person and be like oh you're sick. Let me send you $50 for soup. Wow. $50 <laughs> for soup? Yeah, soup is $4 at the max, depending what you get, right? I mean, you buy, you could buy probably a week's worth of soup right there with the $50. So yeah, there's no paid sick leave, but there are people who haven't even met you in person yet who will mm. treat you very well. Well, at least, you know, there's a lot of people that are receptive to professional cuddlers and are willing to ex- extend that extra hand to to this, you know these people. Now, do you have any social media that you would like to share? Absolutely. So on TikTok, my username is Cuddle Felicity, and on Twitter, my handle is Pro Cuddle Hustle. My handle on Instagram is Pro Cuddle Hustle Podcast. It's the same for Facebook. Um, I have a subreddit r slash Pro Cuddle Hustle <laughs> and. Yeah, I am on a lot of different social medias. I pay $100 a month for my scheduling tool, but it's worth it. And I would really, really like for people to interact with my stories and my posts. I got a lot of interactions on my IG story, which makes me happy, but I don't often get people commenting. And a majority of the time when people do comment, it's professional cuddlers who you know, I'm eternally grateful for, right. but I never really hear things from like a cuddle client's perspective. So maybe I would, I would love for cuddle clients to, I would be, say maybe like, it's because, you know, the, if you're interacting with the stories, it goes straight to someone's DM and it's kind of secretive. And then they probably don't want to comment on the photo because they don't want to have that public image of hiring a professional cuddler. Yeah. I, I put polls on my IG story almost every single day. And Mm -hmm. people like yourself ask me questions all the time. Like, what's the most common demographic of clients? What what age do people normally start doing this kind of work? And, you know, researchers at Rutgers and Harvard and Stanford, like they're not doing interviews or or like case studies on this. So I I took it upon myself. I'm pretty much gathering all the statistical data Mm -hmm. on my industry and it's nice to be a part of something bigger than myself and i i mean i don't plan on doing anything dramatic with the 
data results. Like I don't make fancy pie charts or line graphs. I'm, <laughs> I wish I was good at that side of graphic design, but I'm not, but it is nice to hear from people who don't, you know, want to publicly say, oh, as a cuddle client, here are my thoughts on this with polls. People can be anonymous. So yep, that's nice. Exactly. Well, thank you once again for coming on, coming on, coming on. It was a pleasure having you. And it's really, it was really interesting to hear about you know, the world of professional cuddling and, and uh, yeah, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> thank you so much, Christian. That's it for today's episode. I will catch you on the next episode of the Flytrap Podcast.